A quick story before I start the episode. So I used to run an online radio station at um, SF City College. I used to help all different kinds of people make podcasts. I actually still help podcasters in a lot of different ways, but um, so many people, you know, when they came into the radio station and I'm helping them come up with an idea for a show. And so I asked them like, well, what's your favorite show? And I cannot tell you how many times I heard the names Joe Rogan and Howard Stern. And there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, right? But it did make me sad that in so many folks' minds, these one-trick pony idiots were the epitome of radio. Uh, And I'm aware that that's kind of pretentious. Definitely is. But I do know what I'm talking about. Like... My heroes are people like Alex and PJ from Reply All, uh, Caitlin Prest, Starly Kine and her mystery show, Michael Barbaro, who you might know, Alex Spiegel and Hannah Rosen, David Weinberg with Welcome to LA, Jonathan Goldstein, uh, Ira Glass, Zoe Nightingale, Nick Vanderkolk. These are people who have told stories that literally changed my life. I'll leave some links in the episode notes, but it's a fucking tragedy to me that they're not better known because they are the real titans of radio, of podcasts. They're the storytellers, editors, interviewers, jacks of all trades like me. Well, you know, I'm not a titan of radio yet, but that's exactly the thing and why I'm talking to you here. Um, You know, it doesn't matter what I know or how pretentious I am or what I'm making if no one listens. And right now, uh, there's not too many of you listening. I I personally know most of you still, I think, which is great for a start. But without word of mouth, this show straight up does not succeed. And, um, you know, I've been hustling and hustling and hustling in the background. Like, you don't even see how much I'm hustling. But I am... Climbing a fucking mountain here, you know, and and at some point there's there's only so much I can do like it's out of my control It's up to you and I believe in what I'm doing here, you know I've always felt like that if I'm not personally transformed by the stories I'm making How can I hope to inspire the same in others and that is my goal like I want to change lives with my stories and and I want people when they think about podcasts I want them to think more story and less talk. So I I know that there's something special going on here. I know. And if you can feel that, if you can hear it in my voice, tell someone. Don't leave me hanging. Um, Anyway, this episode um, is longer because of this introduction that just won't quit. And also because this will be the last episode of this first season of Out of Trouble. I'm going to take a break from posting for a month and then I will get back to it. But in the meantime, it would be a great time to uh, let people know what I'm doing. You can find links to my social media in the description. I'm active on Instagram and Twitter. You can find a link to the podcast network that I'm on uh, where you'll find other creative, different sounding, independent podcasts like mine. You can rate and review me in iTunes, and I'll leave some links to some of the shows, my favorite podcasts that have inspired me in the show notes for this episode as well. So um, 
Thank you for listening. It means literally everything to me. And on to the show. Welcome to Out of Trouble, a pattern interrupting podcast. I'm Nicholas Harder. Today, as in the day that I'm recording this, I just released NRE, New Relationship Energy. It's another episode. And yesterday, Melissa and I broke up. I feel like I am way too different for you. Like you. I feel just, like you're way too aggro for me, honestly. Don't even call me aggro. You need to calm down with your, your fucking adjectives that, that you're using. I am not being aggro. Well, fucking check what that. I, um, yeah, it lasted all of a month. So much for my COVID girlfriend. Uh, this is episode 13, by the way. Very special edition. We're calling it Fate. I am a very superstitious person. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I actually have a rather scary looking tattoo of a black cat on on my arm, my forearm. And it has everything to do with luck and fate. And I've been so used to telling people a short answer for what my tattoo is about, which is just, oh, it wards off bad luck. That, you know, my roommate asked me the other day and I, I had actually forgotten what my tattoo is all about. Because you see, it's not about warding off bad luck, because that's impossible. It's about transforming bad luck by embracing it. What the fuck? Um, And I'm sorry, I know whenever anyone explains their tattoos, it always comes off kind of petty, but that's the truth behind my tattoo. That is the truth. I'm a very superstitious person. Oh yeah, dude, it's nice and tall too. Hell yeah. Oh bro, you're right, this is awesome. Fuck yeah. I can't believe I just found that, honestly. It's kind of weird. I'm shouting at Josh, who's riding in circles on this beautiful skinny blue road bike that I just found on the street and gave to him. Fucking sick, bro. Yeah. He gets off the bike and checks the lettering on the frame. Well, I, had I know that brand. Yeah, it's a good. I think that's a Le Mans. Centurion, that's a Le Mans Centurion. I'd found the bike leaning on a street post, chain completely rusted through, tires totally flat. It's clearly abandoned. I feel like things happen for a reason, and yeah. I found Josh. I was walking to my car, right, and passing by the big Russian Orthodox church by my house with the onion-shaped domes on top, and there's this guy playing piano out front of the church. Uh, He looks kind of homeless. He's wearing purple bell-bottoms and a matching pinstripe jacket, and he's got this big, thick carpet tied onto the tree right next to him to form a barrier from the wind and it creates a sort of piano cave. I feel like I'm camping, you know what I mean? (laughs) You know, we're on Geary, it's a big six lane street and he's hammering away on the keys for people passing by. I'll just dive in, sorry, I'll play something, I'll play something. (laughs) Josh is a skinny guy with some scabs on his face and he talks really fast, but he's super, super, super nice. Doesn't matter what you do. 
I like that, man. That was great. I love that dude. I said do that fucking round. <laughs> He's super talented as well, right? Like self-taught, completely been playing music since he was a kid. Um, he says it's been a huge part of what's helped him recover from this traumatic brain injury that he also experienced as a kid. He got spun off of a merry-go-round and smashed his skull against a wooden beam. I really credit music because it, it moves this left side for not only pumping blood, but just having, uh, helping balance it, you know? It, it helped you rewire your brain. Yeah, without having to learn math, because I lost all the math capabilities gone. Along with a whole lot of other capabilities, but, you know, Josh has difficulty communicating, so a lot of this information I'm telling you now isn't something he just told me. It's details that I gleaned and then reflected back to him. So, for example, Josh is telling me about this, quote, awakening that he had when he was 27. Since my awakening, I've had to unapologetically be myself. And when his mom told him about this traumatic brain injury, and I'm kind of confused by what he means by that, so I ask him. Did you not realize till that point that you'd been dealing with a traumatic brain injury your whole I life? I had no fucking clue. I just thought I was a fucked up person, bro. I just thought I was an asshole and a stupid person. Gotcha. When Josh was a kid, he had a lot of trouble, like, holding conversations and being quote-unquote normal so he ended up acting out a lot and also being picked on a lot and that's why i kind of got mad at my parents and stuff a little bit in the early in the early days it was so hard for me dude he struggled academically he struggled socially he struggled with his family who he said he gave a lot of grief to i don't know how the fuck they didn't like say josh is fucked up or like, and he's actually here in san francisco with his brother daniel little brother but Josh tells me that people always think his little brothers are his older brothers because they kind of look out for him. Good to meet you. His brother. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I came, I came back because I found a bike. I brought it back for Ooh, him. You gave me a bike. Yeah, I feel like I you feel. You gave like, him a bike. That's yeah, amazing. man. Dude, well, that's gonna, that's gonna change things. Everything. I, as you can bike, I can spin. Daniel looks a little more put together than his brother. He's got a big, wide-brimmed hat on and a little dog, and he just came from their mysterious friend Ed's house. And he's so stoked that I got his brother this bike. He starts impromptu singing and dancing for me. Nigger Nick, 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 Nick. I like it when you're cold like that, Nick. Keep it real slick like that, Nick. Don't you stop. I have to admit here that they both seem possibly high on something. Uh, they're both quite energetic, but you know they're singing for me and their mood is infectious and I don't really care and it doesn't really matter. Him and Daniel have both been gifted from this Irish guy that was moving out of his house. Um, this piano, as well as the carpet that he's hung up, and uh, a bar stool, a chair, some field hockey sticks, a big old Irish flag, and... Um, a weightlifting belt? What is it? What even is a weight belt? Wait, don't you win this when you win like a wrestling thing or something? Like that? They 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 wear them like when they're doing deadlifts, but uh... the belt is tied around the tree next to the piano, right above the carpet. Um, Josh tells me that him and his brother Daniel are experts at collecting random valuable crap because when they were kids, their dad taught them how to garbage hunt. We found this in the trash in an iPad. Damn. I know, right? That was such a score. Yeah. I was like, Dad, thanks for getting us in the trash taking man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a skill. Really, really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, Josh has been camped out here the last couple nights with all this stuff, plus a few bags with his belongings, uh, while his brother, Daniel, has been trying to get a U-Haul to move all of it to their parents' place in Vallejo. You have to have a major credit card. And I'm like, 
This has major fucking money on it. Like He's been held up because he's been trying to get the U-Haul on his unemployment card. Oh, okay. Okay. And also, everyone's yeah. moving right now. It's the end of the month, and people are leaving the Bay because of COVID. Yeah, we're, yo, you're going to help us, though? So you're helping um, us now. That's I mean, awesome. I'm helping. I helped by bringing the bike. Bye, but <laughs> That's huge, actually, because yeah, we have yeah. all this other stuff, dude, and we could actually connect that, that rack thing to the back of that bike and roll the stuff. Daniel is right now pointing at this pile of slightly bent metal rods that apparently attach together to form a carrier. But it's at this point that I decide I'm gonna leave them to their own piano, random crap moving devices and go about the rest of my day. Hey, that's good though, man. Good to meet you, brother. Yeah, good to meet you too. Enjoy the piano, enjoy the bike. Thank you, I will, dude. That thing rides awesome, man. Oh yeah, 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 that's cool. Happens for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I've gone out, I've met Josh, I've left Josh, I've found this bike, I've gone and met Josh again. I've spent a solid, like, two hours with him at this point, really gotten to know him, you know, he told me about his brother growing up, his traumatic brain injury, um, but really, you know, I just wanted to hear him play some songs, and I recorded that and got it, so I'm headed home, I'm thinking I'm done, until I open up my computer and I listen back to some of the tape. The can you hear that? With me, will you give me ability to save fellow human beings? I got to be the one out on the front line. Large parts of the tape I recorded with Josh and Daniel have have this really annoying mosquito buzz ring on it. No Scientology or other religion. Just like Jimi Hendrix said, music is by this happens to me all the time where tape gets lost or damaged and it's devastating every time um and this was horrifying thank you thank you what's your name joshua joshua where'd you learn how to play music but instead of responding to it with obsessively trying to fix it and like totally shutting down over it like I normally do. Instead, I decide to go out and investigate what's causing this noise. So when I spin in a circle, it affects it. I've gone out with an entirely new microphone cable setup and I'm running these little experiments. If I point it more up towards my head, it affects it. Um, because it's clear that the noise is not coming from a defunct microphone, but actually out in the environment it somewhere. It seems to be less affected by where I point it rather than where the recorder is positioned in space. The thing that's funny and awkward about this, right? I mean, it's hours later, it's like 11 o'clock at night, and I'm wearing a completely different outfit with hat on, hood, headphones. Um, Josh and Daniel are a half a block down from me, they're still with the piano and all of Josh's stuff, and they don't recognize me. And I'm keeping my microphone hidden in my pocket because I don't necessarily want to engage with them again, but it quickly becomes apparent that I'm going to have to in order to figure out what's making this sound. I went home and I, I, I'm investigating a mystery right now. Okay. Yeah, it's not, a, it's kind of a mundane mystery. I can tell Josh and Daniel think I'm kind of nuts, so I hand over my recorder with the headphones to Josh so he can see what I mean. Walk that way and just like wave it around. Okay. Hey, <laughs> cool. Mm. There's some definite interference going through there. Yeah, walk that way and just wave it around. It gets louder when you go that way. Oh, it gets louder over here. Yeah, man. Oh! It's weird, right? But ultimately, it's not 
important. It's not important. That is a statement which took a lot of therapy for me to make. Uh, but what is important, what the whole point of this interaction with Josh that I have is, regardless if it's windy, regardless if the tape is damaged, there's something more important happening than my need to record everything perfectly, right? For whatever reason, it is hard for Josh to tell his story. And I'm glad the broken tape forced me to go back out and talk with him more because it's so important to be able to properly tell your story. So it's nearly midnight. Um, Gary is like a freaking wind tunnel. I'm in my sweatpants. Josh is in his purple bell bottoms with the matching purple pinstripe jacket and he's leaning against his box piano. You have, I'm not always, I don't always have to be recording around you. No, that's, I want you to though. Cause I, cause I, I'm doing it tonight cause like it's been a whole like a series of events and stuff. Yeah, 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 no, it's making sense. We get on the topic of cops and Josh mentions that he loves interacting with people who have recently gotten out of prison um, because they just have this epic appreciation for life. And then he tells me that he feels like a part of his brain is in prison, like like it's being attacked or can't be accessed. Have you only thought about it that way since your mom like said the, the sentence? I'm asking him if it felt like his brain was in prison before he realized that he had this injury. No, no, I that. didn't feel any of that shit before. So I'm saying I, I was blocked from experiencing any of this pain. Yeah, yeah. That's why it all smacked me hella hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think I fully appreciated when Josh and I were talking before how much remembering the event, the brain injury, was in and of itself traumatic. Your family didn't work out it's right. Like that knowledge is life-changing. Just the knowledge, you know, that the reason he was bad at math or didn't feel sexually attracted to others or um, struggled to get along with his fellow classmates and his family because he was such a rowdy kid. Finding out at 27 that the whole time it's been because of this brain injury, I mean, can you imagine? Why? That was part of the nervous breakdowns was me on the ground, my brain forcing me to go back through all the events that were up to this point, which I had never self-reflected. That's another part. This is the event that Josh was referring to earlier as the awakening. But my brain forced me to go through a, basically a past life regression of this life. He had this experience where he's literally going through every memory in his life and reevaluating it. Oh, that's cause that, that's cause that, that's cause that. It was shitty, that's cause that, that's cause that. If that would have been a slower process, I would still be here right now going through these things. And it would, every time one hit me, I'd be like, what? Uh, oh, <laughs> you know, I'd be God. a lost fucking puppy. <laughs> like, yeah. And this event, the awakening, it sparked off this whole new phase in Josh's life that he's been going through for the last six years where um, creativity became a lot more important to him, like figuring himself out. His wife had a lot of trouble understanding it, and so they ended up getting divorced, and he had to move. And, you know, he's on the streets now. So I get why he calls it the awakening, because it really is like his identity overnight switched. It had to all hit me at once, and it was it was grueling and fucking, it was, ah, it was so real. There's nothing artificial about it, you know? And suddenly I was real, and I was like, I was like, ah. I'm, uh, this is what everyone else always had to do, deal with themselves. And like, because they supported Wait. me so deeply, Wait, What do you mean by that? Like, everyone has to self-reflect usually. It's how you become a decent person, you know? 
The injury itself made it hard for him to self-reflect, but also it was impossible for him to self-reflect because he didn't even know he was dealing with this injury. He was only six when it happened and no one ever told him. There, there were uh, a lot of things about me that everyone you know, kind of let me do, but I was, there were indecent things I did, like how I treated people or how I treated I mean, myself or uh, my inability to take things seriously and I always turn things into humor because I didn't have those real emotional centers and I didn't have that reflection. So I couldn't actually have these deep, meaningful, like how we hit this friendship off before it didn't get past because there, there was no memory recognition, you know what I'm saying? Like we're sitting here, our, our He stops making sense to me here. As we go. It but we're making really in intense eye so contact. Like only a, and a small group of people would even want to be my friend. And they were fucking... It feels weird. like there's something being like exchanged. They were, it, was just, it was just extremely weird. Uh, but dude, they, also, they were so fucking loving and respecting of people in my family, dude. Like, I would have never known that, 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 that I was causing anything, you know what I mean? It's He's like, talking uh, about his family who never told him about the injury. They, like, they never tried to say I was broken. I mean, someone, someone should have told you what happened, though. Yeah. Just, that, that, so, someone should have, but it's like yeah. they, they, they uh, just it wasn't, it wasn't there like that, you know? Josh is fiddling with this little monkey toy that has two symbols that clap together when you wind it up. <laughs> Both of my parents come from broken families. First off, they've only recently got into going to the doctors, you know what I'm saying? My dad, he's had a hernia right here sticking out of his belly button right there for years now. He just goes, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't, you know how it is, paycheck to paycheck lives, you know? It's like he hasn't had a break yet, you know? Yeah, so it's like, uh, yeah. A good conversation. That was, yeah. I yeah. actually, I, I, talking to you about it, I guess, depending on the person, I get different levels of clarity on how much I can uh, vulnerably share because it's a really vulnerable thing, obviously. Like, I mean, yeah. like, it, no, thank you for sharing. I mean, yeah. Thank you for yeah. This is why I'm glad that. When I had that moment after I first passed Josh playing his piano and I stood there and debated with myself whether I ought to turn back and say hello to him. I'm glad that I did despite his appearance. Like, and I'm telling you, 99% of I, the people I, I've talked about this did not bring it up again. So you were a stellar example of someone different, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, well, I mean, this this kind of stuff has to be talked about. Right? What? You would think so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm not trying to just pat myself on the back. What the fuck? The point is, is that I only went out there again because I was trying to figure out how my tape got ruined, how I got that mosquito ring on it. And I never figured it out and it doesn't matter. <clears throat> you know what does matter? What matters is that I need to figure out how to tell my own story like I just told Josh's. I've been telling other people's stories for years, years. But I wanna know what happens when I start to tell my own.
For some reason it gets louder when I'm close to this tree. <laughs> what? Yeah, this tree's radiating. Don't forget to tell a friend, rate and review, check out my social media, um, episodes of my favorite podcasts, all in the show notes, the episode description. Alrighty, I'll see you in a month. Thank you for listening. I'm Nicholas Harder.